Hello, and welcome to your weekly review show here at Bella Hutman's Curse. As always, I'm your host, Steve Sutherland, alongside my co-host, Julian Amarante. Uh, we're coming to you live from Ottawa in front of a TV in Julian's apartment, where we are currently watching the absolute destruction uh, of Chelsea by Manchester City, currently in the 62nd minute, uh, 5-0 for City over Chelsea. Chelsea, I can't even remember the last time they touched the ball. But Julian, how was your weekend? Did you enjoy the football? Uh, I don't know what to say, Steve. I was going to ask you the same thing, how you feel about this, because I got mixed feelings about this. Uh, I mean, definitely this team that's assembled from Manchester City is something to behold. But I mean, you know, it's this 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 corporate, you know, mega corporate kind of football, and it's it's disgusting. Well, I but think like, I, I don't know. I'm in kind of a I'm in kind of a really uh, you know embittered mood today, and I think it's going to come out today. That's that's fair. I think we'll we'll leave that part of discussion till uh, till the end. Where we're going to talk about these uh, this idea of clubs that can be universally loved and universally hated. So that'll be our question to our listeners. But we'll get back to that towards the end. Um, to begin our show today, we're going to start off in the in the Bundesliga. We'll move over to Syria. We'll talk lightly on La Liga uh, and the Copa del Rey. Um, we'll take then a break. Uh, when we talk about the Champions League coming back this week. And then uh, we, uh, when we come back, we'll talk about England, and then we'll talk about this idea of clubs that you can universally love and you can universally hate. So looking at the Bundesliga table, Julian, not really uh, many changes. Dortmund still leading at the top, although they have suffered a loss now. Uh, finished 3-3 this, uh, this weekend. They were up 3-0 and ended up suffering uh, three goals against when playing Hoffenheim. Uh, Bayern still sitting in second, Mönchengladbach in third, three points back of Bayern, and Leipzig uh, in fourth. Julian, any thoughts on, on what's going on in Germany? Uh, Alfonso Davies got a, you know, a couple more minutes of game time uh, for for them again. I know your team is is Dortmund there this year, and actually you know, you've, been, you've been really singing the praises of this football club all year round, and uh, and rightfully so. So that actually comes, I have, a, I have a friend whose parents are from Dortmund, so he's a huge yeah. Dortmund supporter. Aiden, I know you actually listen to the podcast too, so. Uh, Hi, Aiden. I think they're a great club, but they are showing some signs of weakness, and lately I noticed. And it's not just me that's coming up with this. I heard Rafa Hanstein uh, make a, a, a few kind of uh, uh, remarks about it. Dortmund seems to be um, fragile. In their lead, uh, I I think that ultimately, I mean, I, I, as a personal preference, I would really like to see them walk away with the championship. But there's still a lot of football that has to be played, and they're young. Uh, you know, they don't have the kind of guys that are going to be experienced to keep that kind of mental toughness going to the season. Um, look, what we see is what we get, right? How many years now have we seen Dortmund, Bayern, Bayern, Dortmund, Dortmund, Bayern? Uh, it's good to see much of back up there, but I don't see them or Leipzig uh, or Frankfurt uh, basically keeping the pressure up. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that uh, uh, Dortmund is going to be able to, to see this across the finish line this year? I hope so. Um, seeing a team that puts so much trust in youth, it's been a long time since yeah. we've seen any real top club That's true. do that. Um, Jaden Sancho actually came out and said, you know, I wouldn't have gotten this type of game time or experience in England. And all. you're seeing English players, young English players are making the jump to Germany. You're actually seeing this could be really good for the English game in general. I think so. With a lot of these English players making the jump to the continent and, and learning how football might, how probably football should be played. Yeah. Um, I think that loss really hurt them this week. Oh, the draw. It was a draw, but yeah. yeah. Well, lots of points. I meant to say. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. Listen, um, it would be nice. Bayern still isn't looking very convincing, but if they get knocked out of the Champions League, like it, it could end up. It could. I think other other competitions are going to come and play a role. But this is this is the problem, right? And we're going to get into this a little a thing a little bit later, Steve. Um, but this is the thing, right? Like, I mean, all of these big clubs, uh, they're not playing well this year. And you can, do, you can look across Europe. All of the big clubs are just not playing well. And yet, and yet, they are still in it at the end. And it's like really mediocre football. 
I mean, uh, this week might have been a great week of football, but I watched a lot of sloppy, lousy football this week across the board. I think that's that's fair. Um, anything else you wanted to comment here? We're looking at the table. No, uh, no real surprises. Nothing really, nothing at all. I mean, again, like Shaka, Shaka, Shaka staying closer to the bottom is perfectly fine with me. Although, although you know, they climbed out of the hole that they were in. So that's fair. This is important for that. Um, I mean, uh, German football, uh, very attractive to watch. Watched a little bit this weekend. Uh, however, like I said, it's it's kind of disappointing to see that Bayern is still there, you know? Uh, moving on to Syria. You want to take us through a little bit? Well, we just watched on? something disgusting here. Uh, we have to say this. We were just watching uh, uh, Sassuolo play Juventus. We were going back and forth between the matches of City and... and uh, uh, Chelsea on one hand and watching Sassuolo play Juventus on the other hand. And we just witnessed like the absolute like piracy that why Wyvar doesn't always work. Yeah. The, just a full out penalty that should have been a word to Sassuolo and would have put Juve down one nothing and Juve's playing at home and they're struggling and yet it still didn't go through. I mean it's remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable this kind of connection uh, to the to the referees that, that, that still kind of exists in Italy, the residues. You know, I mean, uh, I just want to give a, a plug to the uh, other pod. If you listen to Galazzo this week with uh, uh, James Richardson, uh, uh, James Horncastle, and Gabriel Marcotti, they did a marvelous job talking about the, the Luciano Moji years at uh, Juventus and the connection between Juventus and referees. And I think we just saw it again today. I mean, what did you think of that? I thought it was a penalty. I can see why it wasn't given because the keeper gets a hand to the ball, but he does obstruct the player from being able to continue his run. So I could, I can see where it may not have been given, but when a clear pattern starts to be established for a team, and we've seen this with, you know, let's use the best example of it, Real Madrid totally. in the Champions League. When a pattern starts to exist, there's clearly a problem that needs to be solved. Um, your your dad actually made a joke uh, about me. I complain about the refs in England all the time, but uh, maybe I need to start watching Syria so I can start you know understanding that maybe in England things aren't as ba- aren't as bad as I as I like to make them. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I mean, if we're going to go back to this question of the league, I just want to say one thing: uh, Juventus is beginning to show chinks in the armor, and I mean significant chinks. They've been actually struggling. Last week, they tied against Parma in, a, in an extraordinary match played by Jovino. Uh, they don't look convincing. Uh, uh, there's something wrong there. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, this is a team that could send actually two teams to the Champions League, if you ask me. And uh, they seem they seem that, like, you know, look, I mean, um, I know that we're going to talk about La Liga later, but let's be honest. Um uh, if there's a team that's going to upset the apple cart for Juventus, it could be this week with with uh, uh, in the Champions League with Atletico Madrid. Um, I I I, uh, I don't know what it is, but Juventus seems to have lost their concentration. So we say that, but they still haven't lost a game yet this season. Well, is there is there a chance that they can actually go the whole season, maybe not losing a game in Italy? I, I believe that's a very real possibility. But, I mean, again, you know, this is a, a discussion that, you know, I think it's going to be a theme across our pod today is even though that these big teams just seem to put in subpar performances, they still keep to hold on the top spots. And it really, I mean, it really is a situation of, I'd say, of, you know, the money in football being able to, to basically procure the best talent. I mean, because there is, I mean, the reason why Juventus can get away with what they're doing or Bayern, or Real Madrid is because the relative financial strength of the other league uh, of, of the rest of the league is just not as strong as these superpower clubs. Now, do you think they need to that leagues need to start looking at kind of what England is doing? While while teams there are teams that have relatively stronger financial backing, there is money sharing happening across the league. Well, there has to be some form of it. Otherwise, you know, uh, the rich will just dominate. And dominate and dominate and dominate, and we'll never really see other clubs. And uh, you know, I mean, it, it, you can see this convergence to this kind of European kind of super league, which we're going to talk about probably later. But I mean, it, 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 it's it's making smaller competitions irrelevant, like like the league cups. 
they're also making kind of like the small clubs. Like you know, why 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 would you cheer for a Torino, for example, if all you're going to be cheering for is them just to stay in Serie A this year, and that's your success. That's fair. You know. Now, now you say Torino. So we look at the if you look at the rest of the league table, right? Clearly, Napoli is going to finish in second. Inter. If Inter can maybe find some consistency at some point, whether that's under Spalletti or the rumored Mourinho, um, or Conte too, because yeah. apparently Conte was spotted in in uh, Milan. Apparently, he was saying that he was he was shopping for his wife. And if you look at the table, At- Atalanta sitting on thirty eight points in fourth, Roma on thirty eight points, Lazio on thirty eight points, and Milan with a game in hand sitting on 36 points. Well, let me comment on this for a second. Napoli dropped some points in the middle of the week. Um, they uh, they look they, – but yet they're still playing at some of the most attractive football I think you can see. Uh, hats have to be – tip of the hat has to be given to Ancelotti to come in the team that was basically working under one system under Maurizio Sauri, and he's completely done that. Inter Milan just look a shambles. Uh, they have uh, some serious um, problems in the dressing room. I, I, I mean, the, 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 the kind of like uh, real terrible, terrible influences of Perisic, Icardi, and uh, apparently now Nangolian has even, even uh, uh, lost his kind of like perspective within that. Atlanta is, is, is just basically joy. It's a joy to watch, to, to see them in fourth place. This is like one of the most provincial clubs in all of Italy. Um, they don't even have the money to refurbish the stadium. How they are in fourth place is really a testament to the coaching. Roma is Roma. Lazio, uh, well, I can't cheer for Lazio because they're supporters. Milan in seventh place is at the height of mediocrity this year once again. Um, and then the rest of the table, you know, uh, Sampdoria, Fiorentina, Torino, clubs that should be playing much better. We see a lot. Um, we see a great deal of like, you know, the, Parma's been playing phenomenal. Spa, so surprisingly. But it's sad when you have to basically look at a league and watch the lower level games because they're more meaningful than watching the top level games. Uh, it's It's disappointing. I mean, I don't see anything different changing, but um, I I will say that Juventus does not look um, Juventus does not look convincing right now to win the Champions League as I had pegged them to to in the past. Something is not right there. Uh, Moving on to La Liga Uh, table. Oh, Real Madrid has moved up to second. Steve, do you think they're going to win the Champions League for the fourth time this year? No. Why not? I just don't. I have a. It'll be. It'll be interesting to see. I, I think will they get through? Probably. Why? Because the referees will help them as they always do. They are the darlings of UEFA. Although Ronaldo's not there anymore, so you know who who knows. But they have been playing well. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there can be any disagreements with that. They are playing well right now. Whether it can continue, uh, we'll see. Um, it was a great match between them, between them and a great classical uh, between them and Barca. And Although you had, no, you had no Messi there, and but it was it was a good match. I, I, I would agree with you. I mean, on, on part, I mean, it was interesting to see that the opposing wingers, Malcolm on one on the same wing with uh, uh, I can never pronounce his name, uh, uh, Vinicius. Vin, Vin, yeah, Vinicius. Vinicius. Uh, both of them scored goals and. He played a marvelous game. I gotta say that uh, I, uh, he looked very comfortable uh, uh, in his role, and uh, he, he put in a great performance for Real Madrid. Yeah, and you know this could be something. They are buying a lot of younger players now instead of really trying to go with this Galactico thing. Whether that continues, we know Fiorentino Perez has this idea of how Madrid should look, but uh, but we'll see. What do you what do you what do you think of uh, yesterday's result of the classical with uh, in Madrid between Atletico and Real? Uh, surprised, but not surprised at the same time. Um, I can definitely see the disappointment for for Atleti in in, in that. But uh, if Madrid is going to play as well as they are right now, then teams need to play stronger against them, and Atleti just didn't. They look weak in the midfield yeah. right now, which is strange because Saul and Koke 
they're a good they're a good team, but could this start to be? Is this the beginning of the end for Simeone at Atletico? Yeah, and this is the question. I, I, I'm beginning to think that um, you know that uh, Simeone is starting. Uh, you know, it, 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 like this guy's done an incredible job replenishing the team with with his system and not much money and basically using players that nobody would really have. I mean, I, I you know. Uh, I'm not a fan of their striker, okay? But, damn it, he seems to get a lot out of him. Um, and I, I, But I, they're, they're, they seem to be in a bit of a slump, too. And I think I think uh, Simeone's tenure is, is becoming a little bit stale. And maybe it's time for him to move on. Where he will go, it will be interesting to see. I, I, my bet is that he goes back to Inter Milan. It will be interesting because there are there are a lot of managers available now to kind of pick where they want to go. Mourinho's a legend at Inter, I, right? yeah, at Inter. So, but then again, could if if Simeone leaves, you don't know what could happen at Real Madrid. Pochettino could end up there. Mourinho could end up back at Real Madrid. He's been yeah. very honest about wanting to go back there as well. I think that if Madrid were to take Mourinho, I think that would be a step backwards. I, I don't think Mourinho has. I, I mean. I'm not like I'm not saying his style is gone. I actually believe in his style, but I think Mourinho as an individual, uh, the game, his yeah, his stock, his stock has dropped, and I don't think uh, a team that would take him I think is actually thinking about forward. You know, what I mean, moving forward. No, I, I would, I would actually, I, I think it would be good for him to go back to Portugal. Yeah, I don't think Mourinho is going to find a good gig anywhere right now. No, I, I don't think it'll be at least a couple of years before he will be considered yeah. for a top. He needs kid. to go somewhere to rebuild the reputation. Yeah. Um, anything else in Spain that really stands out to you right yeah, now? Yeah, the Copa del Rey semifinals. Uh, I, I mean, it's too bad that Real Madrid and Barca are there. Because I'd like to see another team win. Uh, but Betis and uh, Valencia in the other win. Masterful game at 2-2. Uh, it, it would be really nice to see Betis because the final is being played in their stadium. Well, and you've, you've been a big fan of Betis yeah. this season, right? So. Kike, Kike has done a phenomenal job. And I actually think that, uh, you know, if he actually gets the, the Copa del Rey under his belt... Uh, we're going to see uh, a, a real, real, real uh, him as a real contender for the job at Barcelona uh, after uh, Valverde. Because I, I think Valverde's tenure is also coming to an end. So just to let you all know, it's now 6-0 uh, for City over Chelsea with, again, just absolutely terrible, terrible defending. This is a demolition. This is a demolition. Yeah, we'll get into this in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, Moving on, we, the Champions League is back this week. I know it's one of your absolute favorite tournaments in the world, but it, we're back uh, this yeah, week. Yeah, let's go some, match per match. Let's go match some, per match. Some very interesting games uh, this week. We'll do this week's matches and we'll do next week's matches yeah. just to kind of give uh, some ideas. So we have Roma versus Porto. Is it going to matter? Yeah, I, I actually think it's going to be a good match because... Roma can't seem to kind of like they seem to sputter and start, sputter and start, and I think that this might be an opportunity for them. Although Porto is uh, is not going to be an easy team to displace, so I'm actually looking forward to that match. I actually think there's going to be a good match there. You know, I, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't disagree. I think you've got two teams that can play well if, and need to, need this win. Yeah, they need this. Um, second match, Manchester United versus PSG. Dude, I think PSG is crapping their pants right now, okay? Their injuries, they got no Neymar. Now we found out that Cavani will be missing, okay? At least for the first leg, yeah. They lost this weekend. They barely beat a, a semi-professional team in the cup. I mean, don't let the score fool you that it was 3-0. They scored all those three goals in the last 15 minutes of extra time. They struggled something fierce. Uh, Manchester United just looks like they are chomping at the bit. They're playing some very, very uh, uh, intelligent football. They seem to have struck a balance between attacking and defending. As you said, four clean sheets on the rise. Uh, this is a team that really looks sharp. Uh, I think PSG is going to have to put in a very, very top-notch performance against Manchester United to win. And I don't think PSG have it in them. It would be very nice to see 
like they, like clearly everyone knows that Manchester United is my club. So it would be, it would be wonderful to see them, uh, to knock them out. Just because at that point, a decision has to be made. Quite, quite a few, a few comments and questions. Okay. Uh, when the draw was made, we were destroyed. Yeah. Did you really believe that you guys had a chance? Unless these injuries were to happen, and even then, no. Yeah, and now the difference. Look, look at the way the balance has shifted. We should beat them. We should beat them both legs. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And 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 you know why? Uh, on form. Okay. And uh, Solskjaer is getting Solskjaer one knows how to win in. Well, I, I can't say he knows how to win in Europe as a manager, but he certainly knows how to beat better teams as a player. Um, they've brought that old, like there's a bit of a swagger to the team now, yeah. right? And, yeah. and that's, that's important when you're playing in a cup. Uh, there's, there's just general belief around the club. And he was able to rest players this week against Fulham. And I also think tactically, tactically, I think uh, uh, they, they seem superior. Uh, Hall has not really done anything eye-catching. Like again, they struggled against a team of semi-professionals the other day, a third division team. Okay, and uh, I, 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 yeah, I, I think they're ripe for the picking. And uh, I mean, it's good. But here's here's another question for you: Is it the end of the world if you guys don't win this this tie? I don't think so, but I think it could. The problem is he hasn't lost yet, so eventually Manchester is going to lose a game. Right. Uh, is this the one that this this would be the least deflating? I think. I think it would be. I think you guys are in a win-win situation, even if you lose. Because if you lose, as long you, as a performance comes out of it. Yeah, and I think if you lose in this, right? Uh, I think it's good because it, you know it, it's a big distraction that you're let off on, and you could focus on basically still pushing Tottenham for the third place. And perhaps maybe getting the FA Cup under your belt. That being said, is there any hotter team in the world right now? No, I don't. I, I don't think so. I think Manchester United is probably the most informed team in, in, in the world right now at the moment, as we speak. Right. Although Man, there's an argument to be made that Man City is uh, uh, is about to be is about uh, to be. Yeah, uh, Tottenham Dortmund could be great. Uh, could be just an absolute beatdown. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think both teams. I, I, I have a funny feeling that we're going to see something very strange there because I think both teams uh, are afraid to lose, and uh, you might see a game that well, where both teams will play not to win, but rather not to lose. I think that's fair. The game will be in Tottenham, so yeah, you so, could, you could see that Tottenham yeah. knows that they'll need to come out with goals. Um, no Harry Kane or Deli Ali yet, but there is a chance that Kane could be back. Uh, surprisingly, they actually he's he's much further ahead in his rehab than than expected. And so. speaking about form, Tottenham has won the last four in the club, so you know they're also playing very well despite uh, being a depleted squad. Yeah, uh, and then the last match uh, of this week, Ajax and Real Madrid. Well, you know two, what I'm cheering for, man. Well, and these are two heavyweight historical European clubs. All I'm going to say is this: Sid Lowe and a lot of the Spanish media have been basically saying that Real Madrid's season started three weeks ago, okay? And Real Madrid, on that period of three weeks, looks like a team ready to make its launch. Um, a lot of people are saying that, watch out, that this could be the fourth Champions League in a row. I think I think after this, this time, uh, if they get through and how they get through, I think this is when we can start to actually reassess them. Discount this IX team at your own peril. Though. I agree with you on that. They have some, they're the farm club of, of the world right now. Uh, anybody who's, buy, who's buying like superstars, who's the young kid that's, that's leading them to go Frankie, to Frankie yeah. De Young. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that, that, that's got talent and, and they could upset the card well, for and, sure. And what a way to introduce yourself to the Barca faithful Dude. by... by Possibly playing a hand in knocking Real Madrid out of the Champions League, dude. If they knock Real Madrid out of the Champions League, uh, you and I are walking down to the pub down the street. And we're going to slam a few back together. Absolutely. When we come back, 
We're going to just take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll talk about the matches, uh, the other Champions League matches that are coming up uh, in two weeks' time. All right, and we are back taking a look at the other matches uh, from the round of 16 in the Champions League. First up, on the 19th, we have Lyon and Barcelona. Uh, that, I actually think it's going to be a good match. Um, I, don't think, I don't think Barcelona is omnipotent, okay? Messi is... Messi is. Old. They're calling it what? Messi Dependencia <laughs> right now? <laughs> That's what it really is. Uh, but like Lyon has uh, actually got some really interesting players. Not just the pie. Um, I'm surprised that somebody big has not come calling for him yet. I okay. know. We still have a buyback clause on this guy yeah. to come back. And I think... But do you need him right now? Well, he plays on the right wing. And that's the one kind of area. Because like you see Lingard and Mata will play there. But they really are much better centrally, right? Yeah. So... Uh, would I would I bring him back? Yes. What do you think about this match, man? It's it's messy, right? Like you can't at the end of the day. Yeah. One team has Messi and one team doesn't. Um, but Leon Leon beat City. So twice wasn't it? Uh, they drew them the they second them time. The second time, yeah. They were winning until late, right? They they left it late. Yeah. yeah. So. I think Leon will cause them problems, especially in their attacking, because I don't think Barca defends particularly well. No. Um, that being said, uh, I, I think Barca Barca will struggle away from home, but but at home, I think they'll they'll put it to rest. Mm-hmm. Now they, I, I think they'll go through. I, I would like, you know, I, I, my heart is always. I, I got a very 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 soft spot with. Um, Lyon, and uh, um, I, I will, um, I will say that I, I, I think that they could pull off an upset here. Yeah, I think it could happen. Uh, next up on the on the nineteenth, uh, Liverpool and Bayern. Dude, that's a toss up. I'm sorry, it's a toss up. Um, if Bayern plays to their ability, they should beat Liverpool. <sighs> And if both teams play to their ability, it's a toss-up. I mean, this is the thing, right? I mean, the only difference I see between these two teams is that Bayern is much more solid in defense. Okay, Liverpool has problems, despite Virgil van Dijk. Okay? Uh, I mean, have you been watching van Dijk in, in these last games uh, that have been played? He has been shouting constantly. And, and they don't seem to be able to defend against set pieces. At all, at all, even with him there. There's like some serious problems with Liverpool in, in that regard. There are ways to exploit yeah. this team, for sure. Yeah, and I don't think that they're attacking, uh, I don't think that they're attacking uh, uh, prowess is really going to be able to put a dent. Byron is solid in the midfield and defense. And uh, I don't know, I call this a toss-up. I, 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 I Byron has also been very inconsistent. But the, I completely agree. It'll be very interesting. The game is at Liverpool, so I give Liverpool a slight advantage there. Mm-hmm. But it's it's it'll be one of those Anfield nights, as perhaps as, as people like to refer to them. I mean, you look at it. Uh, uh, there could be some serious clubs, major clubs, knocked out in this round before the quarterfinals. Yeah, before the quarterfinals. Yep. Uh, moving on to the Wednesday matches, I think the the match of the round, uh, I think you would agree with, uh, is Atleti versus Juve. Well, this is the one that interests me and you the most, I would say. Well, you 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 have your your United. I don't have a horse in this race, uh, but I will say this: this is Juventus's acid test. Okay, would you not agree? If if the real Atletico Madrid under Cholo shows up. This is the reason. This is the only reason Juve bought Ronaldo to beat teams like this. Yeah, yeah, and I think that here's here's the thing. If this is going to be Juventus's task, if they can get past Atletico Madrid, I think that Juventus. It's safe to say that Juventus will be in the final four. I mean, whether they make it to the final is another discussion. Uh, however, if Atletico comes in and plays that stubborn game that they do. 
Juventus is going to have a lot of trouble. They will, if they win, Juventus is going to struggle to win this game. Yep. Uh, and then the last match of the round, Schalke and Man City. Well, what, what did you just say? After, after this is this is going to be not even worth watching. What did you just say though, earlier when, when we just called up the screen? What did you say about City? What's the point? So City's through to the next round. Yeah, do you think that with a B team they can actually yeah. go through? There's Schalke. Congratulations on being in this round, but. But do you, do you think we're not being presumptuous? I mean, like, these games still have to be played. And, you know, anything can happen. I know, you know, we're basing these things on performances. We're breaking these calculations. The only way Schalke wins this one is if, like, everybody gets food poisoning like the Argentines <laughs> did to the Brazilians. Uh, yeah, don't, don't you think that maybe Schalke could rise to the occasion? No. You don't think so, eh? <laughs> Not at all. Okay. Well, I mean, like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, my dad used to say all the time, it's man against man, you know. It's a player against a player, and you don't know what can happen on any given day. So I mean, there's always for that, me. It's Schalke. Yeah. Schalke is going to have to play a, a similar game to what Manchester United is going to play against PSG. Yeah, which has to be counter attack and defending and hard tackling. Like you, yeah. you need to leave. You have to be like Vinnie Jones in this type of game where you you pick a player and you leave a mark on him early. I actually think in every game that we've watched, I mean, every game that we've listed here, I think that's exactly the way you need to play right now. But then you need to push some of these guys around. Yep. Yeah. And and I think that I think that the teams teams have to be a little bit physical at this time. And I think the teams that are actually going to be a little bit more physical are going to be the teams that are actually going to go through the next round. True, but Look, I'm, I'm listening. Man City are not omnipotent, okay? Uh, no, they don't defend well. We yeah, both have said that. Yeah. And, times. you know, I mean... Smart manager gets his players thinking the right way, and you know you can get that upset. And I think that goes for every match that we just talked about. I, yeah, I completely agree. Okay, so what we'll do now is move on to the uh, to the Premier League. We're going to do just a little bit on the Premier League, and then take a quick break and come back to it. So Manchester City versus Chelsea has now finished six nil. Um, we're just finishing watching up the match. Well, what do you say? What do you say? We just talk about the top two teams right now. So we want to talk about strictly Liverpool and Man City. So they're tied on points now, yeah. although Man City's played one more game, but and again, six more goals. Let so, me ask you something. Pep, okay, comes into this game. You think that he had this in mind? I think he was hoping for like two or three. Okay, and when you think that they reached two or three, do you think he? he you know, you, you made a really important point about goal difference earlier. So he brought it. He's he's brought it up in in his conferences. Um, oh yeah, they went they went for the throat. They smelled blood in the water. Uh, the players at Manchester City like to refer to them as sharks. Yeah. So they they smelled blood in the water and uh, they went for it. Um, is this going to be bad for Sorry? Could this end up? Costing him a job. I don't think this result specifically, but uh, we all know Abramovich has a has an itchy trigger finger when it comes to managers, and they do have John Franco Zola sitting. Well, I, I do want to. I mean, I don't want to talk about Chelsea right now. Okay. I want to come back to that, but I want to say something about City. Uh, I said this weeks ago when when Liverpool was as much as nine points ahead at one point with, with, when the game in hand, but they were always about seven. I said, I do not see Liverpool running this race out and winning the, the tournament or the trophy this year, the championship. And I think it's, it, I think that's, that's happening. I mean, it's funny because I've got to say, the football matches that I watched this week with two matches with City, the, the game that they played uh, earlier this week, they looked pathetic. Okay. They, but they, they won. They still, won. They still yeah. won. And the same thing with, with Liverpool. I, I mean, I saw teams that were just, Playing the same things over and over and over, not being able to adapt. The problem has been with Liverpool, especially in the Leicester draw and then the West Ham draw, which should have been a loss. Let's be real. Yeah, they were a criminal offside. Uh, and like the linesman's right there. Like exactly. You, you have to you have to let the referee watch the play and call the foul. You yeah. are there to watch the line. That, was, the, that, that goal, the, the, the offside was absolutely criminal. And, and cost West Ham, and West Ham 
you know, sitting in 10th. Now, we don't want to talk about West Ham. Yeah, right yeah. Now. We'll, we'll come back to that. Um, but uh, I think I'm coming to your side on this now. I, I actually do think that City is going to end up pipping Liverpool to the to the title. And I actually think they're going to pass them with ease. I don't think it's going to come down to the wire anymore. Uh, I would love to see it go down to the wire, and I would like to see Tottenham push, and I'd like to see United still push, and I'd like to see everybody pushing everybody. But it just, I don't, don't think it's going to happen. Let me ask you this, okay? Between now and the end of the season, how many times do you see Liverpool winning or losing? Sorry, I said I'm, I meant losing. I don't like they're going to lose maybe once or twice away from home. They're too strong at home. If if anybody can end up beating them at home, wonderful, because they don't. They just haven't lost at home in like two years. It seems. What about City? But here's the thing, teams, I feel like teams have figured out how to attack against City. Look at how Newcastle did it. Look at what, even though Everton lost, look at how Everton played against City and probably deserved the result. It was unbelievable. They they were actually actually creating a great deal of havoc by just hoofing the ball long. So, listen, all of these teams can drop points. There's a reason that the Premier League is the Premier League. It may not be the best quality. But anybody can clearly beat anybody week in, week out. Well, I'll say this. I don't see Liverpool running the table from near the end. I can see Liverpool losing two matches. But, okay, and this is the only thing that I'm going to say about with City because I still think that City is going to – like I think City is going to coast. But there's one major, major hurdle. City is alive in all four competitions. So the good thing is that the Carab- like. One cup is the final. Like yeah. we, can, we can probably discount that sure. now. That tournament's over. They will probably survive in the Champions League. Well, yeah. they should survive in the Champions League. They should survive. Like they have Newport County in the FA Cup. Yeah, they should survive that game. Champions League, yes. League, they should be able to to stay. Do you think they can win all four trophies this year? No. You don't think so? No, I think they'll win the Carabao. Like I think they're going to win the League Cup. Clearly, they just beat Chelsea six nil, and they're going to play them again in the Cup final. I think they're going to maybe not six nil them, but they're they're going to beat them. Um, they should do well in the FA Cup, probably a semi final if not the final. I I have a feeling we could see the man, like we could see a Manchester derby in the FA Cup final. Yeah. Which would be awesome, to be honest with you. And then the the problem with the Champions League is once you get to the semifinals, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Well, I, I'll say this. Uh, I think they'll last in all four competitions for a very long time. Yeah. Whether or not they win all four, I just think they might get stretched a little too thin at that point. My 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 view on this is this: is uh, I think that being in four competitions. As you get closer to the end, it becomes it becomes taxing, and yeah, they got the depth, but this this is going this is going to have to take uh, a, a something out of them, uh, and this is where Pep is going to have to be very very intelligent on rotating. Also, I would say if they win all four trophies, this is a remarkable achievement. I, and even though even though it's this the you know this just black hole of money uh, and the worst kind of like ownership imaginable. It's still a remarkable if, achievement. If they win all four trophies, they are either on par with the trouble-winning team of Manchester United in 99-2000, if not surpassing. I think that goes down. I don't know if it's a surpassing thing, if it's, if it's a better or worse thing, but it goes down as one of the great achievements in, in the modern game for sure. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we will get uh, right back to the EPL. All right, and we are back with our EPL review. I know we always spend so much time on England, but everybody, you know, at least in Canada, everybody gets access to see those matches. Uh, Tottenham with uh, with the win today. It's uh, number four, man. Can uh, you call them Spursy anymore? Well, season's not over yet. <laughs> it's still time, right? There's there's always time for Spurs to be Spurs in the same way that Roma can, like Spurs and Roma have the same yeah, yeah. thing. I mean, but, but I mean, you gotta gotta give credit to this team. I mean, they're missing Deli Ali, they're missing Kane. Uh, uh, a lot of the players' uh, song was was gone, and they're still managing. You know, he's come back, of course, and he's playing really well. 
but they're still managing to to, to to chalk up the wins and hold their position. You know what I mean? You got to give that. Yeah, that. Listen, they're they're squeaking out the results that are that are necessary for them to stay, you know, within touching distance. Like they're only five points out of first, right? Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. I, I, I and this is this is another thing that we have to take into our calculation. I mean, sure, we could talk about city, and we could be very, very. Uh, you know, we, we can have a measure of hubris and say that, okay, this team is going to run all the way to the championship. But we know, right, two, three weeks in this league is an eternity. There's And there's still a lot of football that needs to be played. A lot of things can change. Well, and Tottenham doesn't have a great record against the teams above them. Yeah. And that's where, that's where the troubles come in, right? And they don't have a full 22. I mean, they, they barely have a 15. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. But they're managing. They're managing. Um, but, I, you know, like you said, Deli Ali and Harry Kane come back healthy. It's it's like they signed two players in the transfer window at that point. With yeah. how well they're playing right now. But, you know, you don't usually come back in it from an injury and, uh, you know, immediately pick up where you left off. So I mean, Well, Harry Kane has. Yeah. But, uh, again, we'll, we'll see. You know what? Llorente uh, has surprised me. More than anything. I'm, I, I, he's a likable guy. I'm happy for him. Mostly. Yeah. Um, the soap opera. I, it's not really a soap opera anymore. It's like watching like, like the, it's like watching happy days on TV, right? Like things, things go good. There's always a problem, but then like somebody just hits the jukebox and, yeah, and, then, and, then that's and the music is playing yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> Perfect. So... Listen, three like I know it's only Fulham, three uh, nil though. Um, but got the chance to rest some of the players that uh, that are going to play against PSG in the Champions League. I mean, we said a lot about their club already, and but I mean, uh, it has to be said that I mean, look, uh, two and a half months ago, you know, just at Christmas time. I mean, like before Christmas. There was no way I would have seen this team in fourth place, gunning for third. Okay, I was actually you're actually looking at a team that was going to finish tenth place, okay, and probably have the worst season in about thirty years, and now they've turned it around. And that that and, and they did it honestly. Okay, that's that that has to be said. Okay, they they did it honest. So you know, I'm not a big fan. I, I always had major antipathy towards United, uh, but you know. They, they deserve props on this. Yeah, 10 games, what is it, 10 or 11 now on the trot? I can't even. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, they haven't lost yet. And yeah. I think that's going to be when the big test happens. Yeah. Is when they when they finally lose. Now, they probably should have lost to Burnley a week ago. And that, But they came back. That very typical Manchester United fight back. Yeah. Uh, probably could have scored a third in, in that if they had had Bur- more time. Burnley, Burnley uh, should have closed the door. I mean, sorry. You know, like you're up 2 nothing. There's six minutes left. Uh, park the bus, you know, and then they didn't. So, yeah. you know, you get, like again, right? I mean, if, if my mother had wheels, she would be a bus, you know, uh, and, and, and that's it, you know. Um, moving on, Chelsea. Crisis. We, we talked about the crisis. This is no. crisis, crisis, crisis. No. I don't care. Sorry, we saw at the end of the game. Sorry, not uh, not even going over to to Pep to shake his hand. What Look, man, I just want to say something here before I say this. I, 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 I'm really happy to see Chelsea lose like this because uh, 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 you know, again, this is one of these disgusting clubs with money, more money than brains. Okay. But I, I, I do have, I do feel bad for Sari. I don't think the media in England is being fair to him. Okay, I think that this guy got a team. If you remember, okay, was late. It Not was even late. late. Conte took the first two weeks of training. If you remember, he didn't get any of the guys he did, and I actually think that they're punching above their weight. But I do think that he has got a real bunch of shit house. Guys, well, and it's, there's a history of this at, okay. at Chelsea. Aiden Hazard, okay. Uh, really, I mean, be a professional. Uh, Luis, like, honest to God, like, I mean, this guy goes from playing really well to some of the worst howlers ever, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, Jorginho uh, is half the guy he was at the beginning of the season. Um, the only guy I feel bad for is Angulo Conte. Okay? Yeah. 
but otherwise than that, like, uh, there's no way they should have lost six nothing here today. Also, Loftus Cheek as well. Oh yeah, totally. This is a great player uh, who's just basically wasting on the bench. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. And uh, I, I actually think that we, what we need to see here is uh, I think people need to give Sari a chance. And I think he needs more. I think he needs more than than just. Oh, six he months. went to the club that has the least amount of patience. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Um, moving on, Arsenal. Uh, Leeds Huddersfield. Good for good for them. Like, there's I, I have nothing to say uh, about. What, about what happened? What happened to this Emery charm that uh, you know the, they went like what is it twenty two games losing? Yeah. And now, and now all of a sudden, you know, like, I mean, again, I think this, I, I, listen, I think Chelsea fans and Arsenal fans have to be realistic. Okay. I think that they're, they're, they're exactly where they should be at the topic. The way that they looked at and look, looked like at the beginning of this, their respective seasons, I would have seen these teams actually, it wouldn't surprise me if these teams would have ended up in seventh or eighth place. Yeah. Okay. Um, your team. I don't want to say your team because you're not like known to be a Wolves supporter. But... I love the way they're playing. They're, 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 like, they're my favorite team to watch right now. But again, money. money. The only reason they're at this is because another deep pocket, you know, like these, they're, they're, it's almost artificial. Okay. And we're going to get into this a little bit later. But like, again, the only reason they're there is because they've got ownership that's ready to spend their way to the top. Well, and they're the best of the rest, right? They're 12 points back of Arsenal right now. Yeah. I don't think, like, I think the top six looks pretty set. Like, there's a 12 point gap there. That being said, I'm going to say something here, man. Uh, There's a lot of football to be played. And if Chelsea and Arsenal stay on the arc that they're in, okay? I can I can see the I can see Wolves getting up to sixth or fifth place. It's possible. Uh, Watford sitting in eighth. Watford is everything that that is great about football right now. Okay, I'm serious. This is a small little club. Okay, very small budget. They they they've actually made the proper investments and then playing and holding on until eighth place. This is this to me is happy. I would love to see them a little bit higher, but you know it is. What well, it they've is. got some interesting players, right? The Dale Lefeu, yeah. uh, for one, they got that big brick shit house of a striker. Uh, who, His name escapes me. Yeah, right now, man. But they're you know they're a good club, and they're actually you know who their one of their main sponsors is. One of my favorite uh, games. Uh, of all time, you know who sponsors them? Who? Football manager. That's a, that, that, you got to stop with that football manager stuff, man. You're gonna find yourself with a fire department coming to crowbar you out of your house one of these days. Do you know who the owner is at Watford? No, he owns a club in Italy as well. It's the same guy who owns Udinese. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Gino Pozzo. No, wow, that's wild. Uh, let's look at the next one. Uh, Everton. Uh, to me, <laughs> biggest disappointment. Biggest Marco disappointment. Silva will get fired before the end of this season. They, 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 another team, like, what are these, these guys don't practice, don't practice set pieces? Like, at all? At all? At all? I mean, listen, let's be honest. At the beginning of the year, where did you believe that? I actually thought that Everton might actually penetrate the top five. They should, with the players that are in the team. Yeah. Um, they brought, well, they're like, they're like, Arsenal was, they're like Barca light. They brought over all of these Barca rejects. And Silva just hasn't made it work. They they have not beat a team that is above them in the table this season. They they they're they're, they're just uh, they're awful. Yeah. They're awful. They have, much. they have nine wins this season, and they've only come against teams that are mm-hmm. below them in the table. West Ham. I got to be honest with you here. In, in, in the interest of full disclosure, I I, I am slowly slowly warming. And despite the fact that they have some of the most disgusting racist pieces of crap fans. I've seen. Um, I, 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 Mark Noble is one of my favorite players in, in, in the Premiership. The guy is work well, right. He's a hammer. Like he yeah. grew up a hammer, right? And intelligent. And you know, I mean, I, I, I actually, I actually think it's, it's like this is more than a generation of them underachieving. They got this new stadium. They, they these guys have to pick up their game. They belong 
in the top five, okay? And that, that's quite a, quite a statement to be said. The fact that West Ham United is playing the way they are is rubbish. But uh, I'm glad that they're staying at least, they're not fighting for relegation this year. Yeah. Uh, Burnmouth sitting in 11th. Probably exactly where they... No, I, I actually think this is... This, they should be delighted if they finish this, the season at 11th place. Yeah, they... I think they're going to drop. Had a very hot start to the to the season. Yeah. Um, just not a lot of draws. Just a lot of wins and a lot of losses. Exactly. Um, it, it, you know, it's the way it kind of falls sometimes. Terrible goal differential. Um, but when they're healthy, uh, they're good. We saw it before. No, small they, club. Man. Listen, they beat Chelsea four 0 So small club staying at that level. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, Leicester. Uh, you know, the, to keep on the theme about things, when Leicester won the championship, that was one of the greatest things. Considering they should have been relegated yeah. the season before. Yeah, in, in twenty five years, I, I have to say that was that was one of the greatest things I've seen in a long time. Uh, the way they treated Ranieri and everybody and the, the tragedy with their owner, I mean, all of this kind of stuff, it's a bit of a black mark and all that, but uh, they're going to be the team that I think everybody probably fears right now. Like, you know, when you know the big top, the top teams that are fighting for positions, well, if they see them on, on the schedule, I think they should be Well, worried. they played both United and yeah. Tottenham recently and played them both very well. They're a sucky so. team. They should be higher, in my opinion. Uh, uh, just again, another consistency. Yeah. Uh, Crystal Palace. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, with them. Sorry, I mean, I like Saha a lot. Fantastic player, but let's just move on, yep. please. Uh, Brighton and Burnley played each other in probably one of the worst ref games. I and think, probably I've one of the seen. worst played games I've ever seen. Like, yeah. like, I mean, they're small clubs that are managing great, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's really shitty football, yep. honestly. Uh, a team that we both have. Yeah, let's move team. on. Let's move on. Let's not even mention them. Okay. Uh, Newcastle in 17th out of the drop zone on goal differential. Yeah, man. I hope they stay up. Uh, I don't know why, but I... Uh, I, I don't understand. Over the years, I've grown to love Rafa Benitez. Yeah, I don't... Like, I, I can understand that. I don't understand your fascination with these Jordies because I just... And they're a big club, man. They, they're a club that actually really matters to people. And it's it's woven into the fabric of the community, and I think that that is part of why I love football. Well, if they get rid yeah. of the owner, I think I could feel yeah, that's a, that's a it. Better Probably it. maybe one of the worst owners in all the professional sports right now. I think that that's fair. Yeah, 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 and that, that's 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 fair. And like I said, I love Rafa Benitez. I I, I hated the man. I totally despised him. But I've grown to love the guy, actually. Southampton sitting in 18th. Uh, hasn't Huddle has had them playing well. Just was unlucky to lose to uh, the team that shall remain nameless. Uh, yeah, I see. I, I, the whole thing for me is like both Newcastle and Southampton, I would love to see them higher than Crystal Palace and Cardiff. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think the, the problem with Southampton was they stuck with Mark Hughes. Too long. too long. Yeah. Mark Hughes isn't fit to cut the grass at a stadium. No, Mark, Mark Hughes is like, he, he, he's like, we used to say that he was actually a championship manager. I would even question that at this point, you know. Uh, and then the two teams that we are pretty sure are destined for the drop now, Fulham yeah. and Huddersfield. Huddersfield is a tragic story because they were surprising last year. They actually were really excited. Fulham, that's my club. Okay, in England, it's always been. I've actually seen them play. I carry their scarf. I'm a supporter. But here's the thing about Fulham. I just don't think they were ready for the premiership this year. I think that they they, have, they got an incredible run last year, and they, and they followed that run right into, into into promotion. But I just don't think they made the right purchases. And, they, and I don't think they're – you know, like my dad would say in Italian, non sono crudo, which means they're, 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 they're not seasoned enough to be there. Uh, or they're not mature enough. And I, I just don't think that this year was the year. I think they got lucky last year, and I don't think they're a premiership team. Which is too bad. Yes. Yeah. And they actually said something very interesting in the match yesterday that the fan, the supporter culture at Craven Cottage really isn't there to support the team because it's just a day out for people who yeah, are in well, London. It, 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 you know, it, it, if you know where the club is situated, it's not too far from the, the Chelsea district. Which is like you know posh. It's on the Thames. Uh, it's it's a very 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 wealthy part, you know. And they used to have the greatest supporters, but that that area has been gentrified for a long time, a long time. 
And, you know, these are fair weather supporters, right? You know, these are fair weather. These are not like dying the wall. And it's sad because I actually believe that they have one of the best stadiums in all of football. I've been, I've been to Craven Cottage. It's a fantastic stadium. I remember paying six pounds to see them play, okay? And uh, I, I, I actually watched them play uh, um, Newport, actually. It, it, that, this was a long time ago now. We're talking about 20 years would have ago. It would have had to have been a cup game, right? Uh, no, they were in the same second, they were in the in same second, second division second, at, that, yeah. at that time. But, you know, I mean, this is the thing, right? I mean, um, you cheer for a club like that, you cheer for it because it's your club. And uh, this is, a, there's no more parity, and it's super clubs, and it's sad. That's what that's all it is. Football essentially now we're we're cheering for brands, okay? Yeah, that's the best way to put it, and that kind of leads us into our in our topic of the day: uh, clubs that are universally hated and clubs that it's okay to universally love. Well, maybe we we should actually put a normative spin on this. Are there clubs that should be universally loved, and are there clubs that should be universally hated? I think it's it's difficult, right? Because like clubs that I think you and I would love are not clubs that someone with other tastes would, would well, love. I'm going to say something here, okay? And a lot of people are not going to like this, okay? The club that I cheer for used to be run by a rattlesnake, okay? And, and it would be very easy to hate them. Well, and I probably should have hated them, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, Berlusconi represented everything that, that, that I stood against or stand against. But I always said this. I was a supporter of AC Milan before he bought the club. Okay? And I was here first. Now, okay, that's rationalizing, but you know, you also have to have your, 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 your connection to clubs. Now, I'm also going to say something that's probably going to even piss people off further. I'm watching in front of my eyes Barcelona become one of these hated conglomerates. Okay? It, like, you know, the whole thing about being more than the club, mess with club, right? Uh, it's uh, uh, it's brutal. Like, it, it's all about financial interests, okay? Uh, yes, they're producing results in the field, but I'm watching these things about rebranding. And, like, you know, this is essentially an international brand. Take a look now. Even they're doing it to Boca, okay? Boca used to be the people's club, all of these things. You know, I mean, look, I mean... We can level the criticism against your club quite easily, right? Um, but, I mean, it's getting to the point now that the even the universal clubs, like, you know, I mean, uh, are slowly becoming the most hated clubs. I mean, we watched uh, uh, Looking for Eric by Ken Loach. There's that fantastic scene in there when, you know, that the old oh. postman is going... You don't know about your history. Do you know that your club was basically founded by workers? And that you know that they were they were a workers' team. I mean, Manchester United is the furthest thing from a workers' club now. Same with AC Milan. You know, the, the red and black. They were anarchists. I mean, that doesn't count for nothing anymore. You know, and this is the thing. I, I'm slowly, slowly merging uh, into my dad. My dad's position on this is to cheer for provincial small clubs that so, are fan based. So there's that side of it. Um, so does it come into your politics? So what of you're saying does. is the, the club and how it relates to your politics will determine whether or not you can love that club. Well, I love AC Milan, but their ownership has – they're nowhere near my politics. Uh, but yeah. they're his, they're historically, they would have been. But, but that history is long gone. It's yeah. like, you know, like even like saying that football was a working class sport. I mean, so, you know? I'll give you one club that I can think of. Again, it'll be based on political biases as to why this club is is universally loved. But they're a club that's not in the first division of their league, yet they have supporters groups almost all around the world and some of the weirdest places. And there was a New York Times article that uh, that actually just came out. I about saw that about them, the anti-fascist German team. FC St. Pauli. Yeah, man. I saw them play. I actually have a great story about St. Paul. Okay, in uh, the the mid nineteen nineties, I uh, I finished my masters and I went to Europe and I went to watch a football match in almost every European country I can get my hands on, and I happened to be in uh, Munchengladbach, the the suburb of it's basically Munchengladbach is a suburb of Dusseldorf, 
and I went to see Borussia Mönchengladbach play St. Pauli, and I got a ticket for six Deutschmarks, and I ended up in fan in stands with with the St. Pauli fans. And when the game was over, I got in the bus and I went to Hamburg with them, and I just I just drank with them for two days, but. They were amazing. They were amazing. At the end of the game, they sang the Liverpool, You Never Walk Alone. They have adopted that as their song. Um, yeah, that's kind of what it means to be a supporter of a club, I think. Well, and you look at all the things that, that go on in their stadiums. So they have a daycare yeah. uh, in their stadium well, I mean, during the match. I mean, this, is, this is bonus. I mean, not every club is going to be progressive. Not every club uh, is going to be St. Pauli. But, you know, I definitely ain't going to give my support to Real Madrid. Okay, which was Franco's club, and their ultras, their trend to this day is siempre madrista, siempre fascista, always Madrid, always fascist. There's no way, there's no way they're getting my support. As a matter of fact, one somebody asked me once, "Who's your favorite club?" and I says, "Whoever's playing Real Madrid." Okay, Lazio, uh, their their fans, despicable. Even Roma, for that. So matter. so. Is it, is it easier to point out clubs that are can be universally hated, do you think? Well, I'm beginning to think that Manchester City is a club that should be universally hated. And I think that Paddy Saint-Germain should be universally hated. Should be added to the list. I'm assuming the list for you includes Real Madrid, Juve, and probably River. These were okay. My hatred of these clubs was born out of uh, out of rivalries. Okay, now my hatred is born out of the fact that they're owned by Qatari uh, Saudi money. That is basically these are among the worst human rights abusers, and you know they basically have you know with, with, with oil money they've become the kind of like you know these little kind of messinas of these rich. Like that's not even say like just super rich, uh, you know. Uh, like it's it's, it's it's almost a kind of form of like like feudalism, like the Medici family, you know, basically running clubs. But, but look at it backwards then. So you brought up Barcelona. Barcelona is sponsored by the Qatar Foundation. Like I remember the days when they had no, not saying UNICEF is any, but they they used to wear UNICEF Dude. for free. For a hundred years before the UNICEF uh, 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 sponsorship, they had no sponsorship, zero on their shirt, okay? For a hundred years almost. And that was all because it was supported. That's why Barcelona was special. That's why. Now, I mean, you're watching these things about being this kind of remarketizing. And I mean, this kind of money has only entered football in the last 30 years. Okay, I actually see what's happening in international football is kind of like a scary thing. That's what's hap what what has happened to American gridiron football, and it's becoming it's becoming awful. Like Manchester City, the club that is Manchester City now is not the Manchester City. It, the old Manchester City that played down at at uh, at uh, what was the name of the, the grounds city the city ground, right? They they, they no longer exist. Let me pose this question to you then. Could a Super League end up being beneficial then? Dude, I'm going to quote you, okay? And I know we're not supposed to swear in this pod, so I won't. But F any team that has designs on forming a European Super League. But I'm, I'm thinking about it in the inverse. If all of these teams that want to leave for the Super League go and do their own Super League thing, Sure, it will take a lot of money out of all of the other leagues. But could that end up being a good thing for all of those other leagues? I don't think so. I actually think that that would be the death knell. And I, I think this is like, you know, it, this is the devil that we're stuck with. Uh, you know what? I actually would go one further. Go cheer for a team in the lower divisions where your support still matters. Where you might get beat well, well not beat, necessarily get beat up. Well, not, but, a lot of those clubs, you know, it's a lot of those clubs they are family outings and they still they still I mean this isn't Morecambe FC here, okay? Or like, Carlisle United. Go right? to your like Accrington's and I would say Salford, but Salford has a hell of a lot of money. Or Livorno, so like, like, or you know, like or, yeah. or, or I'll see this. Portland for crying out loud! There's there's a club to cheer for. Well, there are supporter culture. Well, and it's it's interesting that you use an MLS club because there are, there's actually a very burgeoning family supporter culture 
there's a lot of clubs in a lot of clubs in the U.S. that actually have a long history and uh, that, that actually have you know connections to the community in place. I mean, that's that's kind of my measurement is right is how integrated socially. Okay, or socio-politically, socio-economically, is the club to the city. Is a club to the to place that it's attached to, and I think that that's kind of important. Look, man, when I started my PhD at, at York University, one of my favorite pastimes was to go grab a cup of coffee at Tim Hortons and go watch a CPSL game. Okay, and I'd watch like North York play. I don't know what you know, Vaughn, whatever, and. I, I get more enjoyment there than I ever did ever watching a TFC match. But uh, the only thing I would bring up is it more difficult for teams in in the U.S. now because they kind of have to artificially create it because they're not really athletic clubs in the same way that clubs in Europe, South America, and other places formed, right? So there's there's a bit of almost like an artificial ness. Yeah, well, I mean, I, look, it's it's it looks. It, there's, there's really no, no kind of escape, right? I mean, what we're asking for is authenticity. We're kind of searching for authenticity. And in many ways, you know, we kind of speak out of both sides of our mouths here. You know, we're doing this pod and we want to do this participatory pod kind of thing. And yet we glamorize all the big clubs. You know, uh, we try to bring it informative. We try to bring in these things. But, you know, that's, that's the point. Which, by the way, before I forget, uh, I want to say something to our listeners. Listen. If you want to be on this pod and appear on this pod, we've approached some of you. Some of you will be appearing over the next week. But if some of you want to appear on this pod and have an idea, inbox us, please. Inbox us on Facebook. We'd love to get you on here, even if it's for two minutes. We don't care. But we want to get you guys in here. Yep. If you want to argue with me that Steven Gerrard was a better midfielder than Paul Scholes, you're wrong. But I will have that argument with you. Uh, and if you want to bring back, you know, and uh, talk about maybe uh, why we need to, you know, maybe support our local grassroots clubs and whatever, whatever you want to talk about, we're interested. Because you know what? At the end of the day, this is about fans. And, and I think that this is what I'm trying to get at. And I, I, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm sure Steve would agree with me that the game has become completely corporatized. And there is really no escape. And we're trying to search for pieces of resistance in the interstices, you know? So that wraps us uh, wraps us up here today at Bell Hutton's Curse and our, our weekly review show. Uh, look out uh, for the rest of this week. We've got two podcasts uh, apart from this coming out for you. Uh, one on the, uh, on, on the AFC and the Asian Cup and the Asian Champions League. And the other one, a very, I think, near and dear topic to, to Julian especially. Uh, we're going to discuss... Uh, the Uruguayan Derby, uh, Peñarol and, and Nacional. So uh, thanks for listening. Remember, always check us out, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and, uh, and anywhere else. And remember, recommend us to your friends. Thank you for listening. Be good and be careful. Thank you.